It's Wednesday, February 9th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor, Jason Moser, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann. Guys, good to see you. Hey. We've got news from Nokia, Toyota, and Disney, but we're going to start today with the ongoing situation in Egypt. Bill Mann, you were just over in the region last week. What do you think of the latest developments? Uh, you know, I think the most the most interesting thing about what's going on in Egypt now is that Egypt's probably the most important country uh, in the region to Israel, and Israel spends millions of dollars, thousands of man hours every year to know everything that's going on in e- Egypt because they need to keep track. And this completely took them by surprise; they did not see this coming. And I, I, I think that's a really interesting thing about what's happened. Uh, in Egypt, and uh, you know, I would say that a lot of people are looking at the uh, the, the Egyptian ETF. You know, we're hearing that there, you know, the market has been closed now for several days. It's supposed to open on Sunday, and we're hearing of just incredible volume queuing up to mm-hmm. you know to to be active in the market. So I I don't know why you would go in now, you know, without any knowledge about what's going to happen between now and you know Sunday because it's a very fluid situation. Jason. Yeah, I think, I mean, even going one step further there with what Bill was saying, you know, I read a quote from uh, VP Solomon who who said the culture of democracy is still far away. And, and just to your point, that when you don't know what's really going on, I mean, I don't see how you can really put any faith in it as an investor. And I mean, the concerns I, I have just having lived there and seeing that there's not really uh, a middle class, so to speak, um, you know, they're facing about a 50 percent hit or so to their $14 billion a year uh tourism industry. And that, along with the pound going, uh, you know, it's, it's at about a six-year low now. So they're going to face a double whammy between, you know, the hit in tourism and, and the drop in currency. So I, I think, you know, we're looking at just the poor getting even poorer. Yeah, I think that's right. And the other thing about Egypt is, uh, you know, although I don't think anyone in Washington would have said that Mubarak was a good guy, the uh, the Egyptian Ben Franklin has not made himself known yet. So the person who's going to take over in Egypt, I mean, we we really, really don't know what you know what it's going to look like, assuming that Mubarak doesn't stay in power. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a company that we don't talk about all that often, and that's Nokia. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that on Friday, CEO Stephen Elop is expected to announce a major partnership with either Microsoft or Google. Uh, but Elop is also in the news because of an internal memo he sent to Nokia employees comparing the company's situation to that of a man standing on a burning oil platform who has to jump into icy waters to escape the flames. Uh, Charlie Travers... Nokia is a $42 billion company. Are things really that bad? Yeah, it really made my uh, morning to read that memo to <laughs> his employees. Glad it wasn't to you. That's right. <laughs> this is a stock that's down 70% over the last three years. Uh, and, you know, to really stick it into your employees is kind of like in the knife in the back from the top. Um, so <laughs> Elop came over to Nokia last September from Microsoft of all places. And if you bring a guy from Microsoft over to fix your smartphone division, it's kind of like bringing in Don of McNabb to uh, lead your playoff hopes, <laughs> and who would do something like that? Um, only the Redskins. Only the Redskins. So the problem with Nokia is that they're struggling on all fronts. They're getting it from iPhone on the high end. Uh, Android took the number one worldwide market share. Uh, they got the middle, and you know these cheap Chinese handsets are just killing them on the low side in the emerging markets. And so they got to figure out where they're going. And so the speculation is either with uh, Microsoft or with Android. And you know my kind of hypothesis is that Elop being an ex-Microsoft guy, they are more likely than not to go into that direction. 
And, you know, there's kind of a telling quote out of the last earnings call uh, when Elop said they need to uh, build a phone ecosystem and have the right companies work in such a way that alternatives emerge that may not exist today. Um, Android is the clear alternative that exists today in my mind and the windows phone 7 would seem to be the direction nokia is going in but we're going to find out friday bill i think they're doing a little bit of a hail mary here i mean think about the fact they're down 70 percent in perhaps the greatest environment especially in emerging markets for for mobile communications ever i mean you're talking about an incredible growth binge that has taken place, and, and Nokia's just missed it, and they've missed it on the uh, the handset side. I think where they have some advantage and they have some area where they can hang their head is on the uh, on the on the equipment side, on the on the back end, because Nokia still does a fair amount in uh, you know on you know the uh, the equipment that hangs on towers. And, okay, so the stock's down seventy percent over the last three years, and that's bad. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> I think we all agree that's bad. As an investor, what what is something that they could announce on Friday? that would make you sit up and take notice and start to take this stock seriously? Anything? Uh, Yeah, so they are basically the Symbian uh, operating system. They sold 100 million units of that last year, except they are completely dead in the United States. Uh, So if they, which is a very lucrative smartphone market, so if they can make a compelling entry in the U.S., uh, that would catch my attention. This is a company that still has something like 12 billion in cash on the balance sheet. So they're, they're down, but they're not out. Guys, remember those millions of vehicles that Toyota recalled last year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the findings of a 10-month-long government study identified three main causes for the sudden acceleration problems. One was sticky accelerator pedals. Another was floor mats that trapped the throttle in an open position. And the most common problem? Sunspots. Drivers hitting the gas when they thought they were hitting the brake, which the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration uh, very kindly called... Pedal misapplication. Uh, Jason, what did you think of Toyota's news? I I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, that thankfully, as a Toyota owner, I personally have never suffered from pedal misapplication. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I got to see this two ways. I mean, I think Toyota's got to be pretty happy that this has kind of been resolved this way. I mean, they're, they had a lot of people jump on that bandwagon pretty quickly to say their car was – something was wrong. And the car was accelerating, you know, for, for no reason whatsoever. So, so they've got to be pretty happy that they're kind of getting this out out in the open that they didn't really have any have any real problems with the vehicles. But by the same token, I mean they I, they dropped two two percentage points in market share over the past year, which I think has got to be driving management up a wall right now. I as as American consumers, I think we have relatively short term memories. I mean, I think in a year people will have forgotten about this, and people are going to be back to buying Toyotas. I know that uh, if if I had to go buy a new car today, it would more than likely be another Toyota, just like the Toyota that I'm driving now. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's really hard to say. Bill? You know, I think the thing that Toyota has going in its favor is that it's got about 30 years now of of brand equity and being the most reliable brand there is in the U.S. And I think that that brand equity probably took a hit. But if Toyota, two years from now, is making cars that really don't have to be taken into the shop you know, as frequently as other cars, which is generally what you think of when you think of Toyota, this will be forgotten. But maybe this is just uh, says something about me, but if you're Toyota, aren't you just the slightest bit bitter? Aren't aren't you just a little bit angry that, you know, you had to go through this whole, I mean, yes, in the report, there, there were some, uh, there were some problems, sort of mechanical faults that were identified, but overwhelmingly, 
It's people hitting the gas instead of hitting the brake. I think the great insinuation here is that Toyota drivers are idiots. <laughs> hey. I was going to say. I'm I, sorry, it's, Jason. It's, it's know, not just Jason. I, I, I have a Toyota myself. So, uh, no, I think you have a point, though, there. And, and I mean, Toyota, they. What it, about dri- uh, Toyota drivers? <laughs> no, 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 being no, 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 no. About the way they've handled this. I mean, yes, up, that's what up he's up saying. Until this point, up until this point, I mean, they've been accused of not handling it so well. So they have to really be careful, even if they're bitter. I mean, they kind of they have to be careful there how they play this going forward because they, they can play. Play this into the, into their advantage and and bring that brand power back, like Bill was saying. But if they if they don't play it play it right going forward, it's gonna be it's gonna be you know a long road ahead. So so in this summer's remake of National Lampoon's Vacation, we're not going to see the Toyota family truck stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it. I, I think actually Toyota's, maybe I think Toyota's probably pretty excited about this because the other half of the equation, which is the product liability stuff that they that that they're facing. I mean, obviously the lawyers have been a little bit active and. Now they've got less of a case, so I don't think that they're bitter about what's going. You know, yeah, about the li- liability reserves have probably come back a little. We're going to see some reversals. And finally, Disney posted better than expected earnings last night. The stock's up six percent today as shares are closing in on an all-time high. Uh, Jason, uh, Disney seems like they're getting it done across the board on everything they're doing. Yeah, it seems seems like most of the time you're reading about how the parks are kind of flat and not really generating all that much revenue. But this quarter, it was basically the opposite. I mean, it was parks and ad revenue, which were really the main story here. U.S. attendance in parks, it's up 2%. Uh, and, and year over year, they've seen an 8% increase in U.S. park spending, uh, which has really you know trickled down to the bottom line for the company. And so they're cutting back on discounts. Uh, they, don't, they don't feel like they have to tempt people to come to the parks anymore. People want to go and get out there and spend a little money. And even with, with the cold weather, I mean, they're still going. <laughs> I mean, I come back from Disney broke. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to plan for a year to go. That's right. Well, and it's also, uh, as you said, uh, usually we're talking about how the parks are lagging, um, and it's their TV enterprise, it's their movies, uh, Toy Story DVD sales. You know, once again, we're we're huge for them. Well, that's still the case. Um, half of their profit does come from ESPN, the Disney Channel, and ABC. And it's not just half the profit. There was 50% growth in that profit that they just reported. So yes, the parts are doing good. Um, but you got to remember, the foundation of this company is still the media properties. Uh, let's just close quickly, go around the table. Most underrated Disney character? Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. Perry the Platypus. Perry the, Pla- Perry yep. the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb. Hey, oh, yeah. ding, 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 winner, winner. Phineas and Ferb, which, exactly which right. I would He's... argue has the, the best theme song of any cartoon on television. It does. And I mean, well, Perry, Perry the Platypus is living like that dual life. He's a, he's a pet, a quiet pet platypus by day and, and a secret operative by night. So, I mean, he's, he's, and he's living the life. Good call. Charlie? I'm going to go with a cartoon uh, that people might not immediately recognize as a Disney property, and that would be Baby Herman from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because <laughs> baby smoking cigars is just inherently funny. <laughs> okay. All right. But, but don't you think Baby Herman might be slightly underrated just because he hasn't been doing anything since Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Probably legitimately underrated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bill Mann? I'm gonna have to go with Goofy. I mean, I think that I Goofy's what? Goofy's a bit. He, he's a bit of a momentum play. I he's grant a, you, a f- but I think I think that Goofy still is a strong buy. That you're gonna make a lot of money if you're buying Goofy today, because I don't think they've done enough with him just yet. Now, now is Goofy the dog who owns Pluto? We but- don't even know if Goofy's a dog. I mean, Pluto's a dog. What's Goofy? Go- isn't Goofy a dog? Maybe. I thought he was a dog. 
Oh. Fine. We're gonna, I mean, we don't even understand. I'm glad we're talking about it. I think uh, you know lends merit to your pick. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to have to do some research on this. All right, Bill Mann, Charlie <laughs> Travers, man. Jason Moser. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Mac Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Really? Goofy's not a dog? I don't know what he is. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> now I have he to go look this up. He's a dog, right? Yeah.